Hey, good morning and happy Monday, all. Welcome to the Common Good Podcast. Uh, news Roundup Day here on a Monday. Daniel Dietrich. Uh, this is Doug Padgett here in Minneapolis, by the way. Good to see you. Hey, um, December 19th. It's a lot of days you could call this. You could say it's the, you know, it's the, the start of the week before Christmas, because Christmas is on Sunday. It's the day after the World Cup. We'll be chatting about that. It's um, the day when the Congress... Uh, select committee decides to send criminal referral to the Justice Department about the behavior of a former president. Just like a day that's going to be on a on a civics test uh, for some sixth grader in 2072. Right. <laughs> uh, could be could be that day. Could could be the day when you realize what a absolute business failure Elon Musk is. I mean, it could be it could be all of those, all things that we will have a chance to get to. Uh, in addition to the fact that uh, there's a huge worker shortage in the United States, which is leading to inflation and leading to all kinds of struggles in our business world and just personal convenience of shopping, by the way, uh, all caused because of the uh, Trump era policies to drive migrants out of the country. Um, in addition to you know COVID and so on, but a huge thing. So we'll get to all of that, but but first a little uh, Monday greeting. How are things there in Michigan? Oh, it's great. It's a regular winter wonderland. We got snow on the ground, icy roads. Yeah. People just yeah. sliding off into ditches left and right. People forget how to drive for the first couple weeks of, you know, the first big snow. Yes, and then they say, "You know, last year I thought I should get new tires and just <laughs> didn't get around to that while they are on their phone on the side of the road, you know, crashed into the <laughs> yeah. guardrail somewhere." Uh, yeah, same thing here. Uh, all uh, yesterday was one of those beautiful days here. I think when I woke up in the morning, it was two degrees Fahrenheit. Oh wow! So you know, uh, almost no temperature um, when you hit zero, and but it was clear blue skies. There were, it had snowed two days earlier, and there had been very little wind, and the snow was still resting on the trees. It it is just glorious. It's hard for people who don't know cold, like don't really have a sophisticated understanding of cold, that two degrees and sunny and no wind can be much more comfortable than forty degrees cloudy with a stiff wind blowing in your face. Yep. It's it's just, it's and all depending on humidity levels, like when it's cold like that, it's super dry. And man, it's just spectacular. You get a yeah. damp cold at 40 and that wind blowing, you know, just basically San Francisco. Right. And it is so much colder. Um, so yesterday was one of, you know, not today, it's just just flat out cold. The humidity is up a little bit. The clouds are here. <laughs> wind is it's miserable. But yesterday... Boy, just just those the days that you can literally be outside without a jacket on at two degrees. Yeah, I don't know how it's, you, how it's people don't realize you also have to worry about sunburn on days like that. You're gonna get sunburn on your face if you're out there too long. It's true. The reflection off the snow too yeah. that really that really kicks it up. Well, thanks for the UV protection uh, reminder. That's that's that's. Yeah, always wear your sunscreen, even on winter days. Even on winter days. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, let us know in the chats uh, where you are uh, at and what the what the weather outside your window looks like, because we'd we'd really love to know. Well, Dan, I hardly know where to start on all of this. I guess we start with January sixth, and in fact, in oh, just, you're diving um, in. Wow. Okay. Did you did you want to chit chat a little longer? Or am I am I too well, am we I can, too you know, eager beaver? We can bring it back up at the end with some World Cup fun. Oh, okay. You know, lighten okay. it up. I'll, no, no, no. Good point. Good point. Yeah, let's talk about the World Cup. What a match, huh? Yeah, did you watch it? No, I only saw the highlights. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was busy walking around outside trying not to get sunburned in the snow. So I actually watched it. <clears throat> it was one of uh, maybe four matches I watched. I watched a couple of the U.S. games. Uh -huh. And uh, after those games and a couple others, I was like, wow, this is why I don't watch soccer. Because you could have... You know, as they play for ninety minutes plus, and then it's zero zero, and the game just ends, and you're like, "That that was not fun to watch." Really, but because then, they they can end in a tie in a yeah uh, earlier in the world. rounds, you can just end uh -huh. in a draw, and that's it. Never, draw, yeah. yeah. But this this game, uh, just super exciting. It regular time ended. It's tied three to three. Wow! And then it goes three, three. to the shootout. And uh, just a lot of fun to watch. Ups and downs. 
So the highlights that I saw, there were I saw I don't, it looked seemed like there was a dozen of these penalty kicks. I know some <laughs> yeah. of those were shootouts at the end. Why were there so many? Why, why was the and of course the highlights were not you know recounting the situation in the in the in the match every time. Mm -hmm. Why were there so many? Were all of those just at the end of the match to determine the winner? Yeah, most of them were at the end. There was uh, one toward the end of the game, uh, a handball against Argentina that. Uh, allowed France to take a penalty shot and tie it up, uh, which led to the you know, wow. overtime and then eventually the shootout. But yeah, most of most of it was the shootout. So in the shootout, how how many how many kicks do they get? Each team gets five, unless oh, in this okay. case Argentina, uh, I think, got four, and France only had two. There's no way for France to match that, so that. Argentina just won. Oh, I see. I see. So there were six total kicks uh, made for the in the penalty shootout. No, there was uh, I think eight. So eight? France missed okay. one, and then one of France's was blocked, and uh, Argentina made all theirs. So. Okay, all right. But the, well, the shootout is just incredible. Yeah, I feel so bad for the goalies in these shootouts because they just have to guess which side of the net they're going to go for and just dive and hope that they're in the yeah, general I, vicinity. And then they just look like idiots when it's the total opposite direction. Right. They're just trying to read their feet or something. I'm guessing yeah. there must be some, some skill and science to it. That's the part that's confusing to me ab about this is that you hear regularly. And, and this is what I've appreciated about some of the soccer, you know, football matches I've, that I have seen is that it's not all about scoring. It's about, so scoring is the limited thing. It's the rare activity that then breaks things open. More like baseball, so less like football and less like basketball. Mm. Or So hockey maybe is closer, right? So there's all the intrigue that goes into then this moment where something surprising and shocking happens. So you have to set your mind on it's not all about scoring, right? It, it, like you might get in some other, some other sports. You're watching the other things that make it, that make it interesting. Right. But then when the match is on the line, it just shifts to it's just 100% about scoring. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, there's nothing else. It, like yeah. it's just, and it's the kind of activity in the, in, at the end of it, you know, in the shootout that never happens in the game. Right. The or rarely. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, other than a penalty, but like it's not like, um, I don't know. It's not like they just keep, playing the normal game until someone scores first right <laughs> you know like a <laughs> sudden so death yeah yeah it's like a, there's this other sport you play then at the end which is a whole set of other circumstances yeah. that would normally only happen during a play so i don't know that's that seems confusing to to to, to me and and i'm sure to a goal to a goaltender goal is that what they call him? Goalkeeper, goaltender, goalie. Yeah, goalkeeper. Um, that's just got to be a, a, an insanely difficult thing at the <laughs> level of professional, like the greatest players in the history of the yeah. world of this sport. Right? <laughs> there, there's no one to match World Cup championship, you know, penalty mm -hmm. kickers. And there, you, your skill as a goalie, as a goalkeeper, can only be so great, you, you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> like you, compared to a guy who's kicking that ball at 70 miles an hour with a hook on it and can, you know, fake, like there's so much unbelievable skill that goes into those people kicking like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, it was, well, what's really great. funny or sad or glad the world is wild happy. is uh, there's this guy on the French team, uh, Mbappe, and he scored a hat trick in the regular game, scored three goals <laughs> and, then, all of them. and then scored another one in the shootout. So four goals total still loses. Like probably had the <laughs> best game of his career and just great. somehow still came away with the loss. But pretty fun well, to watch. Uh, it just, I mean, so, so good. It's good for the world. When we were on vacation last uh, couple weeks ago in Mexico and Mexico was playing mm. the, the palpable, encouraged feeling that the, the people at the resort uh, who are from Mexico had about 
Mexico play was just contagious, fantastic. America, you know, the U.S. team was also playing in the people that were at the resort from the U.S. just, you know, barely seemed to care. People like, did they lose yet? Yeah, okay, all right. Yeah, you know. uh, and, that, and that was, them. but boy, the thought of people from uh, in Mexico, the thought of, of Mexico trying to, you know, competing at the World Cup is really great. So yeah, there's something, something just really magical about it. Yeah. Really magic. You know what else has been entertaining, but maybe less good for the world? Uh, Elon Musk running Twitter. So he decided... <laughs> This he's been doing these so Twitter shocking. polls where he will, uh, you know, he's like, should I unban these people? Yes or no? And you do a Twitter poll. He uh, Last night, he did one, said, should I step down as head of Twitter? I will abide by the results of this poll. Unbelievable. This is like five, five, 520 in the evening. Yep. Do you know where he was yesterday? He was, was he at still, the World Cup. Yeah. Was he still he? in Qatar? Because he was at well, the final. I, I, I think so. I'm, I only know because I saw some video here where he's at the World Cup, and I guess I don't know what game it was. So maybe he flew home on his private jet, and on the way home, he thought, "How do I get out of this job? <laughs> what's what's like the honorable Elon yeah. Musk way to self fire? Like this how, isn't do, how, fun how, anymore. how do I? Yeah, how, how how do I find a way to illegally terminate myself?" <laughs> like he did all his other employees. Right. Um, you know what I'll do? I'll just, I'll, I'll ask a poll. Uh, okay, so, so this is true business. He's asked, he did a poll and the poll came back with 57.5% um, saying, yes, you should step down. <laughs> <laughs> and 43%, which uh, said, uh, no, you, uh, no, you shouldn't. Um do you think he thought it would be the other way? Do you think he was trying to own all the people that are like, hey, you all want me to quit, but the people want me here? Do you think he was like, there's no way that's, you know, the 17 million people or whatever number he imagined would guess, 17 million voted, would would ultimately say uh, with a, the, by a plurality that he should, he should resign? Do you have a guess? I have no idea at this point. I can't tell if he's that out of touch with reality that he would miscalculate this badly or if this is part of a like okay i know i'm gonna people are gonna vote me out but i'm st i still own the thing i'm still the chairman of the board yeah. i can put in whoever i want to take all the heat as ceo right and if they don't fix it i'll fire them and if they do fix it i'll take credit for picking the right person I don't know. Yeah, that's that. That's what it feels like to me. Because last week he went back to his the people that helped him fund all this, including Saudi Arabia and other big hedge funds, and helped him put the forty four billion dollars together, and needed to ask them for more money. And my guess, knowing nothing about this, you know, no insider track is that they were all like, "Okay, this isn't working," and the reason <laughs> advertisers have fleed is because of you your own individual personal behavior not the function of the of the website not the role of the ceo yeah you as a human being is what everyone is talking about <laughs> and, and you are the problem <laughs> so how do how do we get you out of this so that we can then go back to advertisers because they need advertiser money right that's just absolutely yeah. clear it's it's an advertising platform yeah, and his so, whole thing was, I'm going to turn this around so it's making money again. And yeah, yeah. Remember uh, that he bought a company that was losing a million dollars a day, two million dollars a day, and said, "I'm going to turn it around," and now it's totally collapsed. Yeah, a great little uh, little joke tweet though. One of, the, I guess, the first person to vote posted a screenshot. And was like, oh, I got the first vote, and then people were just having fun with this one yes vote that he should step down. Zach Hunt. <laughs> At one vote in says, stop the count. <laughs> just so many. Like <laughs> That is just a callback that is tremendous. I mean, I, I haven't I haven't been following too much of this today, but I'm sure there's all of the, you know, stop the steal kinds of jokes going on about uh about all this. Totally. Well, look, I mean, it, it's only been he's only been the the CEO uh because he bought the company like Three months ago, is that right? Four, four months ago? Yeah, two months ago, even one more. Is, is yeah. that true? Two months. So 
is it possible that he was the CEO for less time than that person was the prime minister of Britain? <laughs> yeah, who lasted longer. <laughs> or, or that Michael Flynn was the national security director before he was convicted or arrested by the <laughs> <Right>. FBI. <laughs> you just, I, I mean, the spectacular level of, of, of failure. I saw uh, on uh, John, John Oliver's show, they played a video clip of Elon Musk speaking at a big conference recently, like in the last, you know, few weeks. Did you see this video where he, they've, you know, he's, it's a conference in a, in a big room and they have him up on the screen and he's got an all black background and all you see is his face. Oh gosh. And he's exhausted and he's like, I've been working 24 hours a day for seven days a week. This is not good. I can't go on. Like he is just spiraling. It, it oh, is something wow. really, truly worth, worth Googling. And, you know, John Oliver, of course, is John Oliver about it. And, yeah. but he's just really, as John Oliver put it, in a very literally and figuratively dark space because <laughs> you're just like, this guy, it, it, what is he doing? Like, why on earth? It is the man whose primary business is now not on earth <laughs> spending his time in Twitter arguments instead of just like running SpaceX yeah. or working on batteries or doing whatever, you uh -huh. know, I, I just. Yeah, it, it blows my mind. He could, and just to point out again that with $44 billion, he could have just solved world hunger. Like he could, <laughs> he could have gone down in history as the guy that saved the world. Yeah, yeah. But instead, like he bought yeah. a an app and ruined yeah. it. Thank you, Dale, Dale. Says it was the Environmental World Conference in Indonesia. So if someone's looking that up, mm -hmm. uh, thank you, Dale. Um, yeah, that's uh, Dale. Maybe you felt similarly when you saw it. It was I. I felt. A, a deep pain of empathy for the guy like oh my gosh <laughs> because all in all you, you you push all the things and all the billionaire and all the eccentric this and that at the end it's just a guy right just a regular old human being with the same psychological patterns mm -hmm. going on in his brain that all the rest of us have and just that and he is having a horrible horrible time it's it's really something to uh, something to behold, but when I was a kid, the eccentric billionaire of the world was Howard Hughes. Do you remember? Do you, do you remember anything about that guy, or did you see the, really. the, the the movie? I, okay, I so Howard movie, yeah. Howard Hughes was, you know, um, as wealthy as as there was, and owned Pan Am Airlines, and but similarly started it just had a real psychological break to the point that I think he died like cloistered in a room. And I remember this pictures of his long fingernails. Like he had a fetish about not oh. cutting his fingernails. His fingernails were super long and curled up. And, but like he had a, <clears throat> you know, he was a genius at some level and a, and a wealthiest person in the world. And um, yeah, as Dale says, he was a germaphobe <clears throat> and all kinds of issues going on. And he just really cracked. And it was this, he was a cautionary tale that a lot of people who were trying to say like, hey, your life should be about more. Because even someone like Howard Hughes, who has all the money in the world, is someone who doesn't have any you know, people around or relationships and so on and so forth. Yeah, I like what you did there on that last one. Though. That, that was like having Elon Musk on that, on that video. Like just the just just dark the Dan. dark silhouette. Yeah, just dark Dan. <laughs> we, we, we should incorporate that. Hi, uh, Dan, yeah, yeah. You're like, hey, this is going in a place I really don't want it to go. So uh, all that to say, there's just a history of wealthy, wealthy people losing their psychological bearings. It's, it's not uncommon for all the... There's many and many people's eccentricities eccentricities get covered up just because of their wealth. Then someone like Elon Musk makes sure that he's just out there, and uh, you know, it's just making one bad decision after the other. But I did see someone someone wrote something where they said, "Look, if Elon Musk spent forty four billion dollars, some of it his own, some of it, you know, the Saudis." simply to expose what a failure Twitter is to the human goodness and consciousness of the world, then that's money well spent. Thank you. Thank you for your contribution <laughs> to, to humankind. And I uh, couldn't, couldn't be happier because that thing, 
has truly devolved into just something that is is not i don't know it you know 10 years ago there was so much hope there was so much potential around its usefulness and so many people you know benefited from it and did did good things with it and i don't know it just feels to me like it's completely gone off the rails yeah yeah there was a moment where it was like the way that revolutionaries were organizing the arab spring and it was a yeah, yeah a useful tool and you could and talk I, to companies you got access to people you yeah. felt people it, there was crowdsourcing like there was the stuff people still like about it and people that are still still Twitterites will say things like, no, you guys are focusing on the 3% of Nuttyville. The rest of it still is, is that way. And that's, and that's how it is. I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I did see where, uh, you know, Elon posted this, uh, this poll and then, uh, Tom from MySpace said, yeah, well, if you need a new CEO, like kind of really, to say <laughs> really? And everyone was we- just like, yes, Bring back my space. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is just great. Uh, see, that would be the other thing you do with Twitter. Well, Elon Musk's temperament, personality, and interest in Twitter is not this. But to just kind of do uh, Ry- the Ryan Reynolds, is that his name? Ryan Reynolds, the actor? Uh-huh. Uh, you know, he bought, he bought this cell phone company and this gin company and then this soccer team over in Scotland. Oh, yeah. Like, like you just have, you get somebody that's fun, right? That their job is to be uh, interesting and positive and like that guy or yeah. woman, right? That just comes in and is is like, hey, you, you know, Rosie O'Donnell kind of person. You know, we're just going to, this thing is going to really be great. And they're just become a Twitter enthusiast. And But the thing about Twitter all along is it's just had this like, edgy, heavy, the way it's designed, the black and white, just everything about it, you know, from Jack Dorsey when he was running it, that kind of bro man attitude and we're serious player. I don't know. It just has that vibe about it as a social network. We're like, you know, China owned TikTok or even kind of Instagram or these other things, they're they're playful, right? Mm -hmm. And there's there's a, a sense of exploration and and all the rest um hey thanks todd uh saying this looks <laughs> awesome who are these guys well uh great question doug, yeah but. right now it's doug and dan on any given day it could be a collection <laughs> of people we do a lot of guests and others um but thanks for the thanks for the compliment um we use ecamm by the way and top quality cameras that's the trick so if that's interesting to you keep your eyes on this space because we're going to be making available for people how to be tutored in the very things that we do around here uh <laughs> And and yeah, as Dale says, it's it's uh, meant for for bullies and, and others, and it's just kind of set up in a crowdsourcing, you know, uh, bullying kind of kind of tone. It doesn't have to be that way, and maybe that's the future of it, right? You know, make Twitter fun again, um, kind of kind of vibe. You know, find a way to benefit positive things that are on there, mm-hmm. right? Maybe other kinds of affirmations that you give that are just just more. More humane, more human. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Which is it's, funny because that's what, you know, previous to Musk, they were trying to do with like limiting free speech, quote unquote. No, they were trying mm-hmm. to get rid of the bullies. Yeah. They're trying yeah. to get rid of the hate speech and the that's horrible, right. like. <laughs> and that's right. Musk comes in and says, oh, we're inviting all them back on because that's what made it great is people could say any horrible thing to anyone. Yeah. And I mean, look, has to deal with it. Yeah, I mean, I, we're spending all this time. I don't know, but <laughs> look, the 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 internet is already by design a free space, free speech space. That's what it is. You can start a blog. You can post things on dozens and dozens of social platforms, which we know because we put this very live stream out on half a dozen platforms and <laughs> multiple pages. You can make videos, you can make audio, you can do all kinds of things on the internet. Twitter is not the internet and Twitter is not the sole place for people to express free speech. Right. You can do it all over. You could have Twitter be a curated space of positivity, 
or goodness <laughs> or honesty or, but like the thing you're going to pick is free speech, man. I can say whatever I want. Like that attitude yeah, just, is uh, just, it's not needed. And it's just like, that's not the thing that right. people, that people want. People curate all of us. We curate the content we get in our lives intentionally and sometimes just sort of happenstantially, but we curate it all based on what we want not based on the freedom someone has to say things. I mean, mm. go to a news rack or go even literally now in a post book age, go to a bookstore, just open up Bing or DuckDuckGo or Google, and you'll just get all kinds of access to content <laughs> galore. There's no limit to free speech on the internet. Right. Uh, it just, why that's the thing that these uh, that the that the Twitterites chose to chose to pick is just um, yeah. something else. Well, and and it's then there's also, not even that many people on it comparatively, right? Yeah, you know, compared to the size of the planet or the size of the country or population, the number yeah. of people on the on the internet, you know. But it also shows people don't understand what free speech is. Like the whole First Amendment isn't about what a private company can say or let people do on their you know, yeah, platform. their user agreement, the user agreement. It's about rules. the government preventing you from saying yes. whatever. Yes. Uh, yeah. And often these are the same people that you know, don't want the government to interfere, but they apparently want to tell some private companies that they have to let horrible people be on their platforms. I mean, the confusion is galore. They want to ban books in libraries and they want there to be free speech on Twitter. It's. <laughs> It, the, the the confusion yeah. is uh, nearly intentional. Well, hey, a lot of uh, right. other wild stuff happening in the world. So, do we want to? <laughs> okay, I think NFTs. We just, do we just, we just stay right in the to, same vein? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So last Thursday, Donald Trump put out on on yet again another free speech social media uh, site um, called Truth Social that there was a big announcement coming on Thursday. And uh, that that stirred up some speculation because Donald Trump is somebody who is you know uh, had incredible positive impact on the Democratic Party and Democratic elected officials around the, around the country. No one's done more to help the Democratic movement than uh, the Democratic Party than Donald Trump. Um, and you know, as a twice impeached failed presidential candidate who's now announced again that he's going to run for office and might be relaunching his stake company and his failed university. And I apparently might be buying a casino. He might try to do all three things that he was a failure at. He might try to do all of those together while running for office. Uh, if at first you don't succeed. You know. he, he made a, uh, a, a, you know, a, a announcement about an announcement, which is just classic Trump, that a big announcement was coming. So people were like, okay, what's he going to do? Is he going to announce a running mate? Maybe he's going to announce a uh, policy position. Maybe he's going to say he's launching some new uh, office somewhere to really make things happen. Maybe he's going to launch a new political party. A lot of people speculated on that one. Turns out, no, it wasn't. It wasn't those things. Those are probably yet to come. You know, after he launches the stake company and the failed university and maybe the casinos, he was launching an NFT project <laughs> built around his own images doing things that are impossible <laughs> like him in a military outfit because he's a draft dodger right and they and shooting lasers out of his eyes and carrying a gun with a cowboy hat and riding and literally riding an elephant literally <laughs> that that's the one dan when i saw i mean the riding an elephant in an effort to pitch something that could be even more exciting than baseball cards is quote potentially more exciting than baseball cards uh he launched an nft project which are which are graphic images that then you can buy the ownership to and there's some limited number of official ones that you can own you know, not to be confused with the screenshots that people are going to take of these very same things. Because <laughs> not to be confused just with the graphic. images we have on the screen currently. Yeah, and they are low grade, crappy uh, versions of Photoshop. Well, it's, and in classic Trump fashion, they're stolen images. 
these are images taken from other photographers or artists, that. and then someone photoshopped Trump onto him. So <laughs> on the screen, we have one where uh, it's Trump in a flight suit wearing like a fighter fighter jet yeah, pilot yeah, yeah. thing. And uh, the person forgot to completely remove the watermark. And so someone found the actual stock image of this pilot that they no. ripped off and then they just photoshopped Trump's face on it. And just like the sloppiest rip off. On, on the screen, the thing circled there is the watermark. So you see, it's like a buckle that's, yeah. but at the bottom of it, there's this weird thing sort of sticking off the bottom yep. of the buckle. Yep. That's part of the watermark that they just Sneaky forgot watermark. to erase fully. Oh. oh, I see. Oh my goodness. Okay. So of course, of course, why? I mean, I just feel I have a childlike wonder when I'm around Donald Trump. Here's why. Because I should be cynical by now. I should be hardened. I should be grisly. <laughs> but like a child in love with a puppy, every time he does something else that's criminal, I'm like, how in the world did he do that? Right? So I just think, wow, I'm glad I still have that childlike capacity. Childlike wonder, you know? That... You just think, okay, whatever griff he's putting together here to try to, you know, make X amount of dollars, somebody's just doing the basic stuff, just the simplest, most routine work, like not stealing images that then you're going to try to say, we own this image. <laughs> I mean, my gosh, it's just there. The the clown show of this is, and look, everybody turned on him on it, you know, from Steve Bannon and the whole crowd. They were all just like, okay, he's just lost his absolute marbles. And then they do the thing you do when you're around somebody that you want to still keep their authority and say, oh, sir, you took bad advice. <laughs> At some point, you're responsible for taking bad advice. Like, don't elect someone president who takes bad advice. How about right. that? That should be like r rule number one, um, that you actually know how to you know, determine the advice that comes to you, whether it's good, <laughs> good advice or not. <laughs> and uh, like, maybe this would have been slightly better advice had it been a few months ago before the NFT market just crashed and everyone saw it as the sort of beanie baby Ponzi scheme that it is. But no, this is like late to the game. Yes. <laughs> Just like completely missed the moment and did it with really dumb looking pirated images. Yeah. And that's the other thing. They are horrible images. <laughs> They're silly. <laughs> I'm just trying to find. I'm trying not to like, be a five-year-old yeah, about my response it. to it. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Alex. Alex nails it, saying he's just he's just an emotional child, and and it it is. And did you see the announcement video? I mean, I, I don't know if you got to pull, but yeah. I, I watched the video. In it, you can see him. It's it's kind of like the video that he put out during the January sixth insurrection, where you could tell he did not want to say those things. <laughs> or the video we put out after you know he was caught on recording saying that he could assault women and they liked it when he did it. Or the video of him saying that what he really said to, about Putin was, I don't know why he wouldn't do it. All of those hostage-like videos that he puts mm -hmm. out where he finally has to say, like, oh, I didn't mean to say the thing I actually did. He had that kind of tone to it. And he he was like, I'm not even sure this even makes any sense. You know, like, hey, and then, you know, if you buy... $4,500 worth of these, then you're in a drawing. And if you win the drawing, you have dinner with me. Do you see that? Yeah. He's like, I'm not, even sure, I'm not even sure dinner with me is all that valuable of a thing. Yeah, it's not that valuable of a thing because last week you had dinner with a white nationalist and a Nazi sympathizer. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you kind of downgraded what the value is of having dinner with you. And he even knows maybe having dinner with me isn't that isn't that big of a deal. Like, why would somebody spend 4500 bucks on that? Well, I don't know. Somebody thinks this is a good idea. Yeah, someone in his orbit said, hey, you want to make a quick buck? We put out these trading cards. And he's like, ah, that sounds dumb, but yeah, I'll do it. I'll say this 
just like every other stupid thing that he's 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 just been led into. Like that time, hey, remember the time when he said, do you think if we pour bleach in their lungs <laughs> in the middle of a pandemic that's going to kill a million Americans and 10 million uh, people worldwide? And he's like, I don't know, maybe we can shine light down in their lungs. Like the level of not knowing what's a good idea and not a good idea is so replete with this guy. It is un <laughs> unbelievable. And people are like, he's just a great marketer. That's all this is, just a genius marketer. Well, no, he's not. These are the crappy ideas. As Susan points out, somehow they sold out in 24 hours. Someone bought these. Okay, let me explain how this let me explain how this works. <laughs> Friends, <clears throat> I'm gonna get serious for a minute here. Hang on a second. I'm gonna get serious. You buy them yourself. <laughs> Let me tell you how, the, how, how this works. It's oh, like the New York that, Times bestseller. Yes, yeah. it's, this is how uh, this is how people get kicked off the New York Times. This is how the children of Donald Trump had bestsellers. They fund outside efforts companies to buy their books with their own money to boost their standing in bestsellers list. That's what's going on here. Look, it's not like they launched this thing and, and as stupid as they are, that they were going to say, let's just let them sit there and languish. They were already prepared with lots of money to buy things from themselves so it costs them no money. <laughs> I promise you, ask the Trump people for an accounting of these. See if there's, you know... Four million people that say, I bought one, I bought one, I bought one. Go ahead. Have everyone who bought one of these stupid NFTs posted somewhere. You ain't getting four million people because that's that's what the griff is all about. Hey, let's let's rank. This was their pitch all along. Let's make them seem like they're valuable, like people want them. You know how you know this? In the announcement video, he says, and I, and I think they're going to sell out pretty well. That's uh, that's what that's what I've heard. <laughs> yeah, because this is all just made up nonsense. You bought them yourself. Oh my gosh, it's just it's it, yeah. So yeah, yeah. That's uh, the and yes, someone spent ninety nine dollars. And actually, if you are a collector of like presidential and kitschy mo, uh, 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 what's it? What's it called? Uh, kitschy products. Mm -hmm. You probably spend ninety nine bucks on one of these things, right? In some little collection of the most ridiculous one that then you own forever and can do whatever you want. But people aren't buying them because they wanted them on their computer. You think there's. Four million dollars, four million people who follow Trump who understand the value of NFTs. <laughs> <laughs> like they're gonna then license these the 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 moon. Uh, it, it, it's just yeah. and, and Dan, here's here's the other thing about this. The same man, Donald J. Trump, is going to be referred to the Justice Department by a, com a special committee of Congress today for crimes that he committed while president. That same guy is off doing this. That same guy announced three weeks ago that he is a candidate for the presidency of the United States. And what is he doing? Not running for president, not building a party, not funding uh, efforts for democracy. He's pitching this stuff. Yeah, it, it it's the 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 lunacy of it all is just incredible. Yeah, and I like to think though, you know, fifty a hundred years from now, when antiques roadshow is still going, and someone pulls out some ancient tablet with this digital NFT on it, I wonder what it's going to be worth. You know? Yep. <laughs> Yeah, it's just something else. Now, Jennifer in the comments makes an important uh, 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 comment here. She says, 100, 100 max. Uh, so if you stand to the, the 10K Finance Act, uh, and they sold out. So she's saying that, you know, it's they're $99, you can buy 100 of them. But here's the thing. None of this project 
is going to his campaign, as far as I understand it. This is just a private business deal. This isn't mm -hmm. even like Donald Trump presidential campaign business. This is just 99 bucks going to him. As far as I understand, I could be wrong, Jennifer. Maybe you maybe you know the details about that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's that's accurate, yeah. But what if Jennifer's onto something in her last comment? It's foreigners paying him for his secret docs. Or anybody or paying for his for secret influence docs. or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe this is the way that those documents are being sold so they can cover them up. So it's just a big money laundering. Like it came in the NFT that we emailed you, which also came with this attachment of those secret documents that he stole from the presidential archives and uh, has in his pool shack down there at his uh, bed bug infested um, uh, resort. <laughs> You know, I just wonder about they had big bed bug big big bed bug problems down there at Mar-a-Lago. I mean, just larger than regular bed bugs. Huge, huge. A <laughs> Many are saying the largest bed bugs. How long do you think before uh, Trump is on that cameo app doing like paid birthday announcements for your grandpa? You know, like totally. If he's like Rudy, how much you making on that thing? <laughs> I mean, it also just makes him look so cheap and broke, right? <laughs> like Obama's like, out there making these beautifully shot nature documentaries and like <laughs> on Netflix. And then you got yeah. these. I, I, I mean, I mean to, to, be, to be honest, this looks like the kind of stuff we would sell. Like I wouldn't be caught the, dead selling something this. Yeah, we'd be like, hey, for ninety nine bucks, if we could get somebody to buy these things, we could keep our enterprise of pr pursuing right. the common good through the voting booth uh, alive. Yeah, this is what you do when you're like scraping and scrambling. It's not what you do if you're a billionaire, which according to your taxes you're not, and it's not what you do after you've been. Just pause for a moment for let it settle in the president of the United <laughs> States, Just unless you're so broke that you're like, we need the money. I mean, honestly, what else? Uh, unless yeah. it's your, your taste in, your taste in, in product is so bad that you're like, no, that one of me standing bigger than the earth where the moon now is somehow bigger than the earth in the background. That's just classy. <laughs> and and the Photoshopper, you know what they did? They put Joe Biden sunglasses on him. That's the other one. If people are only yeah. listening to the podcast, honest to goodness, look at the one where he's in the spacesuit. A number of them, actually. He's got the Joe Biden glasses on. Totally. What an, what an homage. It's like yeah. the man wants to be president, uh, like the real president. Oh, okay. Just, but, just exhausting. Yeah, but it's uh, some real life consequences might be coming down the line today. January sixth committee is having their last hearing. Well, that's and, the other uh, thing. Same day. Sounds like they're gonna recommend criminal charges for a former president, which has never happened in American history. No, and and it could have with you know Richard Nixon. Right, and it it could have with Ronald Reagan because of the Iran Contra uh, affair and activities when they stole money from the federal government and then put it in duffel bags. And Oliver North, some guy who's also a supporter of Trump and all these others, broke federal law. And it could have done it there, but didn't have to do it. Didn't have to do it in either of those situations. Donald Trump's criminality is so violent, so dangerous, so cataclysmic to the future of democracy in the United States. This is what it takes. So we're going yeah. to be talking about that. Uh, we're going to cover it live. So Alex, hope you can join us. Uh, we're going to be covering <laughs> it live on our uh, on all these channels. We'll have the live stream uh, of it going on here. So if you want to watch the 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 final hearing today, that's at uh, one o'clock Eastern time. 
if you're in the central time zone, it's that's noon, and then you figure out, you know, from there, eleven, ten, and eight, and wherever wherever it is that you live. Uh, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be following it and talking about it because it's monumental and consequential, and something's gonna come up more information apparently than what we already know. And those some of us have watched every one of these hearings and know what's up, but there's even more data and more information coming about the criminality and uh, the seriousness of this of this panel. And Dan, I think there's nine people on this panel. I think that's right. Let me just check that. Three of those people, at least, are not returning to Congress. Two of the two Republicans are not returning because they, after voting for Donald Trump in November of 2020, feeling like he was then the best choice. Mm -hmm. Since then, Liz Cheney and Adam Kissinger, uh, Kissinger, Kissing, Kissinger, why do I mess it up every time? You know why? Because the guy just drives me crazy. Um, <laughs> uh, after voting for Trump, then they decided that no, only after January 6th were his crimes so bad that they couldn't support the man anymore. So, you know, they finally came to their senses, but a very, very low bar for them of what would make the man acceptable to be the next president of the United States. Yeah, all he had uh, to do was not do an insurrection and they would have been fine with yeah, all the yeah, other stuff. Good. Everything else, my guy, my guy. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I put, because I put, country above party unless it's you know in november of 2020 when i'm voting and then you know i put party above everything else and and, and then i'm going to run around and talk about what a what a hero i am mm-hmm. Look, I, I, i'm going to go off on it again uh, if i'm not careful um but they're not returning to congress and one of the democrats lost her seat um is not is not returning so great consequence for your being in congress to be on this committee it's cost people uh their 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 jobs in congress it's not a it's not a life crushing activity when you lose your congressional seat though everybody lands on their feet <laughs> they're right? landing on I mean, their feet <laughs> yeah you're doing you're doing all right uh you know af- after that it's not there's people that have life altering job losses this isn't one of them so don't adam don't be out, you know, whining about how much it cost you. What it costs you because now you don't get to serve America as a congressperson. Well, that's not what people mean by cost. Mm-hmm. That, that guy. Um, uh, so, um, <laughs> thank you, Alex. Alex is now going to rearrange her <laughs> uh, her errands. Alex, you are a champ. Appreciate. It. But this, this, this committee is serious in its business. And look, it doesn't mean he's being charged with a crime. It means that an equal branch of the government is saying to the Justice Department, we looked into this. As far as we can tell, there was crimes committed. Here's the evidence. And they're going to give it all to them. And they're going to have it laid out in a particular way. The other thing that it does is it says to the public he committed crimes. Mm-hmm. Look, if you're in the Justice Department, if you're Merrick Garland, Attorney uh, General, you don't want Congress saying out loud to the American people in prime time and web streamed, you know, uh, broadcasts. The President of the United States in 2020 committed crimes. <laughs> <laughs> You, you don't want the American people being like, hey, what's going on with that crime he committed? We saw all the evidence. Why this hasn't he been charged great, yet? Yeah, yeah. this is not a great situation. Uh, like, the, one of the criminal referrals that looks like they're this, it's likely for them to uh, pass on to the Justice Department is one that actually has teeth, and that is a contempt of Congress charge. When when Congress said to Steve Bannon or to Donald Trump, we're subpoenaing you to come and talk to us, and they defied the subpoena, the only way that crime gets prosecuted is if Congress says to the Justice Department, we want you to prosecute this crime. They can put out a subpoena, a person can ignore the subpoena, and if Congress doesn't send a criminal referral to the Justice Department, the Justice Department can't do anything about it. Okay, It's sort of like pressing charges. They could do that to Donald Trump as well. Say that he was supposed to 
answer our subpoena. He didn't. We want you to uh, press that charge. Now, his defense could be, I'm the president, former president of the United States. I don't have to answer to Congress about my time in office. That could be the deal. But he has to respond to it, and he chose not to. So that one could actually be something that the Justice Department can act on and act on even, even more quickly uh, than the rest. But my guess, Dan, and I've said this a bunch of times so people might get bored with it if you listen to this on a regular basis, they're going to end up bundling, is what I think the Justice Department will do, bundling all the charges, the ones from Georgia, the ones from New York, the tax fraud, the insurrection, the the interfering with the government, the subpoenas, the document. I mean, just go on and on. The documents, the lying to the FBI, <laughs> all of this stuff. We're going to bundle all of it together into a plea deal for Donald Trump. And, and say, gonna here's say, what's stacked against you. Do you want to plead? Uh, you want this yeah. to go. <laughs> yep. Yep. And then they're going to put together some kind of a uh, a plan and some kind of an agreement, and uh, he's never going to serve a day in jail. Yeah, there's no way that's going to happen. But hopefully, you can't he won't. put a former president in jail. I I, I know, I know. Uh, we believe in equal justice under law, and that means that every person should be charged the same. They're not in our system, and it would not be good to have, while Joe Biden is president, Donald Trump in jail. <laughs> or while Kamala Harris is president. Or while, you know, Rick Scott is president. Anybody. You don't want a former president going to jail. It's, it's not a good look. We have to acknowledge that the country made an enormous mistake. The man is a criminal and the consequences are doled out. But that's one we're just not going to do because it just reflects so harmfully on the country. Lots of people I know argue with me the other way, and they say if he doesn't go to jail, then that really diminishes the Justice Department and, and the power of, uh, of, of punishment. But I just think there's just it, it doesn't make sense. So all of this stuff is coming together to do something about it. And one of those charges that he can be charged on, you know, uh, insurrection, if he's found guilty, which again, he's then got to go before a jury, and then you need a jury to convict on all of these all of these charges, and that's just another thing you don't want, because there's not special courts for former presidents to go to to account for their crimes. It's <laughs> yeah, not what's like a the military. Jury of your peers, if you were the president, you have to oh. get all the other former presidents to vote on it. That's or? awesome. Why don't they do that? Why don't they get all the other all the other presidents and people that were in, you know, presidential succession and make that the pool and have that be your your uh your your jury? <laughs> oh yeah. Then he probably would go to jail. Um I think that crew would uh, would happily put him in jail for sure, from yeah. both sides. From yeah. both sides. Yeah, if you've got there's not George a special W trial. coming out against you, then you're you've done something bad. <laughs> That's right. He's going to paint you a picture of you in jail. Um, <laughs> the because uh, uh, there's not a special tr uh, court that you go to. It's just going to be in a federal courtroom with a federal jury, just like every other federal criminal, and that is. <laughs> The, the spectacle that this would be and the energy it would suck from the country, you know, when, when Nixon resigned and Ford, who was the vice president, then became the president and pardoned him. Part of the reason that he pardoned him and what he said in the pardon announcement was, hopefully through this pardon, this long national nightmare is finally over. And here's the thing. Uh, this is true in all criminal justice reform and everything else. P punishment of a criminal rarely satisfies the vengeance desires of victims. It just rarely happens. Anybody who's been wronged and someone's been charged with a crime knows that you might feel better that justice was served or that the person was called to account or that they're no longer a threat or danger and people believe all the important things. But it doesn't solve the problem for you. It doesn't make you whole. It doesn't make things better. Donald Trump going to jail doesn't make any of the stuff he did better. Donald Trump being for 
spade from ever holding public office or public trust again, that does the ticket. And, and this is the thing about any kind of punishment. Is punishment designed for punitive cause? Is punishment designed to help change a person? Is it restorative? Or is justice done to protect? It, the, these are three things that are always part of any any mm -hmm. consequent punishment, however you want to put it. It's true if you're like having to dole it out at work or in a family, you know, child situation or in a criminal case, anything like this. It, do you want the person to suffer? Is there a certain amount of just pain someone should experience? Are you trying to protect the future or are you trying to rehabilitate? Well, two of those things, they don't do any good for the country. Rehabilitating Donald Trump, come on. I mean, he's not going to live long enough to be, you know, he's a, he's a, the guy is a, you know, in my view is a is serial criminal punishment. Okay. So he goes to a maximum security federal prison. Okay. What, what everybody feels like things are better. What's the one thing he can never do this to the United States again. That makes us all rest easy. And if people think, well, somebody else will do it if he doesn't go to jail, the consequence this guy has paid already, he's literally at such a degraded point. You know what he did, Dan? He started selling pictures <laughs> of himself that were Badly made on a drawn crappy of <laughs> PC with Photoshop. I mean, you just show the NFTs to future presidents and future wannabe dictators, and you're like, Hey, hey, you do what Donald Trump did. This is what you're going to be doing. You're not making you license down plates this road, at the federal penitentiary. <laughs> you're making you NFTs. Are making... <laughs> yeah. Hey, maybe that's a new way to pitch all this. This was Donald Trump admitting to his crimes and saying, <laughs> I'm paying penance. I'm doing it. I'm, I'm guilty as charged. Yep. That's a pretty good shtick right there. Yeah, that's yeah. a pretty good shtick. But yeah, all we're right. still... Uh... You know, even though Trump is out of office, we're still dealing with the repercussions of his policies. And one of those that hasn't got yep. a lot of uh, talking time, but we've been talking about it for the last couple of years, is Trump's immigrant crackdown left a critical shortage of workers in the U.S. And so this is a lasting effect uh, on our economy, is Trump cutting off the flow of people that would like to work here and have worked here in the past and can no longer travel back and forth across our border. And look, the the from Title 42, which was the ability to keep refugees from coming in the country, to just the hard crackdown that that we did on COVID, shutting down our borders. All that just in, you know, from 2024, but in 2018 and 2019, telling migrants that they're not welcome here caused a negative amount of immigration to happen in the United States, meaning more people left the country than came in. The United States economy cannot function when that's the case. It, we have built an economy that expects there to be workers in the United States who are not citizens. What we need is worker programs where people can come in the country, work, leave and come back. That has been closed off and it's damaged the economy severely. And for a while, people were saying like, oh, there's no way that it was enough, that it was migration limits that was causing a problem in our, in our workforce. They've now run the numbers. They're now saying it's like 3.5 million workers have been lost. A couple of months ago, they were saying it was closer to 2 million workers. That's a serious, serious consequence. It's one of the things, and the Biden administration is now taking, revamping the immigration system seriously. I was on a call last week with people, you know, making a big announcement from the White House about this. It's important. It's good work, stuff that we're going to be involved in about common good. But we have to rethink the way we think about immigration and create, I know people get freaked out about the word open borders, but what we want is we want borders that are, that we can cross both directions. Mm -hmm. See, when I went to Mexico, I flew into Mexico, got off the airplane, showed my passport, went and then went home. I can come and go from Mexico nonstop. 
If I want to go work in Mexico for three weeks, if I want to go work there for six months, if I have a temporary work visa, I can just come and go. What happens in the United States is we limit how many people can come work in the United States, how they get these work visas, what happens when they get that once somebody gets in the country, they're like, if I leave, I don't know if I'm ever going to get back in again. So I'm not leaving. The answer to illegal overstaying of visas is to create a pathway back and forth so people can come and go. How do we know this works? Because previous to the Trump administration, within 100 miles of the U.S. border, there was a different set of rules about who could come into the country. In other words, you could cross the U.S.-Mexico border, but your permission to be in the country was distance dependent. You had a 100 mile radius. The reason is because all along the border from Tijuana all the way down to the tip of Texas, that whole stretch there, there's communities, Dan, we know them well, we rode bikes through them, that are built on migration back and forth on a daily basis. People come in the United States to shop, people go to Mexico to shop, there's just constant flow. And this 100-mile little ribbon across that stretch allowed people to come and go from the con- in, in, in the, into the United States all the time. Mm-hmm. Students could come and go. It was just constant freedom. You were limited. You couldn't go further inland in the country because then you needed another kind of visa. But you had like this special visa to be within 100 miles of the border to allow the thriving to happen. That same pro that was shut down by the Trump administration, that needs to be reopened by the Biden administration, which is happening now, and needs to be extended to the whole country and let people come in and go out. The reason they've limited all of this, the primary argument was people coming into the country like that are going to take jobs from people who are living in other places in the country. That's not now the problem. The problem (laughs) is the opposite. There's too many jobs. And we just need to build a resiliency into the system and allow people to come and go, allow more and more people to come in. So the, the primary question, and I'll end with this one, the primary question is, why don't these people who are in the country illegally, why don't they come to the country legally? It's always the question the conservatives ask. Yep. Why don't they come legally? Why don't they come to the country illegally? The, the right question. And the answer is because there's not a way to come legally. Yep. There's a quota system that no more than 15% of total number of immigrants allowed in the United States can come from any one country. Just let that math settle in for a minute. No more than 15% can come from any one country. There's a hundred countries. So you have a mass amount of people from Central America and Mexico that want to come work in the United States and far less from, you know, Uruguay and Chile and France and Poland, far less people that want to come work for six months in the United States. But we have a limit on the number of people that can come in and this Mm. quota system is killing the country. And it's got to go. Now, this quota system has been in place. It wasn't a Trump idea. It's been in place forever. Used to keep out Italian-born uh, people. Used to keep out Irish. Used to keep out Chinese. And we've used it to exclude all kinds of people. It's, right. It's it was never about country. fairness. It was always cover for keeping out the wrong people. Yep. 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 <clears throat> so find a way for them to come in the country legally. Ha- extend the number of work visas. Allow people to come and go freely uh, and much more comfortably. And we could solve this problem in a minute. I mean, the the, the way you solve illegal immigration is should have a thing for a drum roll. Is <laughs> make it legal to come in the country. Yeah, just that's how you solve the illegal. <laughs> change the laws. <laughs> if you what you're really bothered by is oh, because I, I hear this a lot from people. I, I oh, we really want migrants here. I just want them to come legally. Mm. Well, then why don't we change the rules so that when they come, they can come in the country legally? Then there would be no illegal immigration. I would say this on the on the bike ride when we were tour because we rode our bikes. You can see that we the people ride dot org, uh, and I was in this little. We stayed at an RV park that had a golf course, and it was very, very simple. Uh, but the golf course had a little clubhouse, and the clubhouse had people sitting in it. That's how it goes. And told the people what we were up to, and they were all watching Fox News and very anti-immigrant uh, kinds of kinds of folks. And they said, um, 
uh, well, my problem is just that these are lawbreakers and they're coming to the country. And I said, you know, well, why don't we just change the laws then so that when they come in the country, they're here legally. I mean, if, that, if that's your problem. Right. He said, well, then there'd be too many of them. Like, okay, so that's ah, really your problem. Right. Okay. There so it is. Yeah. Well, your problem isn't that they're coming illegally. Your problem is you don't want that many of them. So, yep. okay. Uh, as long as we can just talk about that, but instead it's like we have to have laws and you have to have borders and you can't be a country and blah, blah. Like, that's just not what anybody's, yeah. it's not what anybody means by this stuff. Um, so, all right, we can get to that. We can yeah. get to that later. But. Uh, a big, a big news story that in the midst of it all, there's a lot to pay attention to, and so much of it is so ridiculous, um, and then so, so much of it is so, uh, so actually seriously uh, or si serious. Yeah, with all, all the right. NFT nonsense and Twitter nonsense, it's easy to lose sight of the very important things that are yeah. actually going on. NFT, no effing Trump. That's what she's saying. <laughs> Uh, by the way, NFT stands for non-fungible token, which if anything should have told you that NFTs weren't going to be the thing, the word fungible is in there. And uh, the word token, non-fungible token, uh, is what NFTs are. It's just <laughs> so yeah. ridiculous. And Dale, uh, Dale says, the people they see on TV are legal. They are seeking asylum. You don't see the illegal ones. How do people not get this? Right on, Dale. We harp on this all the time, share that soapbox. People are complaining that people are coming to this country illegally, but they are. They are seeking asylum, which yes. is a legal, globally recognized human right. Yeah, conflating two uh, groups of people trying to come in the country, those who are coming in the country to seek asylum and those who are coming in the country not seeking asylum. If you come to the country and come across the border and say, I'm seeking asylum, that is not illegal. There are people that are coming in the country without legal authorization because they're coming to work or they're coming to be with family or mm -hmm. they're coming to just hang out and go to the beach or whatever they're going to do. That's a different group of people than people that are coming for asylum. So you got to separate those two. And this is the big rush on the border that people are talking about are right. people seeking refugee status. There's, it's, it is the only way to get refugee status. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's what's that's what's happening on yeah. that front. So, all right, hey, uh, the, in the same stream places. We're going to be back with uh, the live covering of the hearing in an hour and a half. So, if you want to want to watch the uh, final installment of the January sixth special select committee, um, you can watch that with us. Grand and we'll be back tomorrow with with politics. We don't even talk really politics. They we just talked. Nonsense. <laughs> yeah. So much nonsense. Yep. Uh, all right. We good? Yeah. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Dale. Thanks, uh, Alex. I know you were Kimberly, James. Yeah. Uh, what does James say about before Reagan? Yeah. Before Reagan, the, uh, see, uh, the, the borders were completely open, and what happened was people would come from Mexico and work uh, on the farms or as day workers and then go back, and it was seasonal. But once Reagan closed the borders, people realized they might not be able to come and go, and no one talks about that. Yeah, I mean, James, you're just exactly right. Um, a change in our, uh, our policies about our border uh, have just really been a problem. And um, not all uh, politicians understand it. Not all voters understand it. Not all Democrats understand it. And uh, yep. more Republicans than you might think understand it, by the way. Not all of them, <laughs> of course not. But, you know, more of them, they, they know. They, they know what nonsense they're pushing. Yep. Okay. Is that good? We say say thanks to all the, all the good people? Yeah, Linda, Rufino, Jennifer, Susan. Yeah, thanks, everybody. And if you don't see all those, because we put this on multiple streams, so if you're watching on, on Twitch or you're watching on Twitter or you're watching on Facebook or on YouTube, uh, you might be seeing different comments. Um, so the best place for us, for you to watch is over on YouTube. So watch over there, would you? And subscribe and like and all that stuff on our channel. Lots of things. And if you were to ever miss one of these, it's the easiest place to keep up. Yep. It's over there on that channel. All right. All right. Good. Bye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye.